podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to your post-match Raw here on Anfield Index Pro, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Downey and joining me to give their immediate thoughts on Liverpool 5, Norwich 2 in the FA Cup from Anfield are Harry Sethi and Carl Matchett. And Harry, it's uh, always going to be, it was always going to be a massive occasion, this. The atmosphere was always going to be pretty electric, pretty jumping. There was always going to be a lot of sentimentality floating around. Yeah. It was always then a matter of whether or not the uh, performance and result would match. There's a lot of pressure on each one of these Anfield games now. I'm going to be part of the tension in the next one, but at least... They certainly delivered today. Everybody, fans, players, management decisions. I thought the whole lot was fantastic. A real triumph. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, in terms of the, the the broader context of obviously yesterday's news and the decision um, Jürgen's made, I think, uh, I think everyone's going through it in a different way. Everyone's having different reactions. Uh, we had quite a cathartic chat yesterday. I felt in the end, um, actually, I think today I'm, I'm, I'm more I'm more sad. <laughs> so we'll see we'll see, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it changes. I'm sure it will uh, go in waves and fluctuate throughout the rest of the season. I think it's just natural. But uh, in terms of the the sort of reaction you would have wanted to see um, uh, to that news uh, in terms of the well, the the quality of the performance um, the the quality in terms of the 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 aptitude and the effort levels of that performance uh, I mean I, I thought I thought it was a really like em- emphatically positive afternoon to be honest in terms of um, both how the team played especially with the changes uh, and you know, the th- three I'd say three you know real youngsters in that side perhaps a couple more who we we regard as senior players now but who are still very young uh, they all played really well um, like of course some had probably stronger games than others but in terms of the changes I thought they uh, but applied themselves really nicely and I, I think you know um, Jürgen song ringing out like barely 60 seconds into the game I think it was um, I, I don't think he's able to complain about that now until the end of the season I think he's got to bite his lip on that but you know, I think it was to be expected and um, yeah like goals for the people you want to see scoring goals in Darwin and, and that shark Jota um, again and also um, I think you know Gravenberg as well a much needed goal and I think if there was a period in the game that it started to lull a little bit, uh, as, as as you see in cup games, um, and maybe you know our minds drifted back to the fact that that guy in the dugout's not going to be here at the end of the season, um, you were lifted uh, again by the sort of the the sight of those players, uh, those first teamers returning to action into the Shabbos lie, Trent and uh, of course Robbo as well. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think I mean if. 
if Jurgen could have written um, a uh, sort of a, a version of a game you wanted to see, a performance you wanted to see, I think this would have been pretty close to it. Um, yeah, I'm sure clean sheet would have been there in, in there as well, but we'll come on to talk about that. Otherwise, I thought it was a yeah a really really uh, positive uh, performance. It, that's the thing, isn't it, uh, Carl? In the circumstances, it was always there was a, there was always always going to be a hefty whether some of us like to engage in that or not, a hefty emotional sort of aspect to this game, and it was then about managing that. And I think that is going to be a white knuckle ride between now and the end of the season, managing that excess of emotion that we can absolutely expect to come from everybody, including Klopp, the players, and the fans in the stadium. So you know, it is a matter of funneling that in a way that is uh, constructive and positive and it's great when things are going right and we can all enjoy uh, the constant urging of Joe Gomez to shoot and so on and so forth. Uh, the test will come uh, when it is probably tougher opposition and maybe things are going uh, not necessarily uh, the way of Liverpool Football Club. That remains to be seen. I remain optimistic about those things uh, all coming in together to work in, in the club's favour between now and the end of the season. Um, I didn't really get a chance to speak to you in the wake of the club own news but I do think overall it will have a net positive effect in the pursuit of the four trophies that remain but like Harry says an awful lot of things came together there it was lovely to see young McConnell start and be so central in the performance the lovely um, step inside and and, and and curl the ball forward um, to, 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 to give an assist to, to Curtis uh, was obviously the emblematic part of it but he was involved Bradley honest to God uh, this kid looks as though he's to the manor born. And, you know, we had lots of other people um, pulling up trees as well. Jarrell Kwanzaa, we take him for granted now. Uh, we take uh, Curtis Jones for granted now. Um, and yet we shouldn't because these are still in comparatively early days in their careers, well, certainly with the case of Kwanzaa. So there's a lot, there was a lot to enjoy. And then you roll in the return of the of the of the big names so it's it, it overall it was an afternoon to really savor i thought yeah i thought so carl what do you think yeah it was uh completely agree really really good afternoon all around obviously you can if you're the the coaching type you can pick out anything you want to improve on like clean sheets and uh, a few errors in possession or whatever but like from young kids playing to returning faces to some really, really good form from people that we need to step up at the minute. I'm looking here at like people like Diogo Jota and Darwin Nunez, for example, with um, uh, Salah out and or injured, whichever one you want to, to be the one which affects us at the minute. Um, just a lot of things that we need to be happening right before we go back into a really important period against really big opposition. Uh, and it does seem to be mostly all happening for us there. Um, I think sometimes we can not overlook important things or, or, you know, small important things, but take for granted that bad things happen to us at bad times. And maybe this time, like the injuries that we got, the absences that a few players have had over the last month, haven't necessarily come at the worst period of the season this time. Um, and maybe, maybe this time it's kind of just coming together like quite nicely for us, let's say at this point of the campaign. Kurt, stay with me as we go and have a quick look at the Liverpool team and the Norwich team. I'll let both of you respond to both of them in a way that we don't normally do. We just cram this section into a smaller period today um, because Klopper went quite strong and yet managed to include, like I said, the aforementioned uh, nippers. 
it was Allison, Connor Bradley, a right back, Kanate and uh, Kwanzaa, and then Gomez, the far side at left back. Um, we had Ryan Gravenberg, uh, James McConnell, and Curtis Jones in a uh, interesting looking midfield uh, in inverted commas, and then Cody Gakpo, Nunez, and, and Diogo Jota up top. It's where the when he, when we look at the bench that we start to get a little bit of um, feel heartened. We have Virgil Van Dijk on there alongside Quevin Keller, Luis Diaz, obviously Dom Sabozlai, Harvey Elliott, Andy Robertson. That's going to make anyone feel uh, a hell of a lot better. And then you look at Clark and Beck, and you think, oh, it's trailing away only to find Trent Alexander-Arnold um, popping up um, at the end of that list. Uh, it, it, it is heartening. As you said, it's going to be a very difficult period starting Wednesday night with Chelsea, then Arsenal and so on. Um, and there we are. We do have the added complication stroke joy of another FA Cup game, a home draw uh, fashioned for us by the uh, genius of Glenn Johnson uh, against Southampton or Watford. Um, so that's that. And then if we have a look quickly at Norwich and, you know, um, feel free to say whatever you want to say about that lineup today for Liverpool. Um, it, I always feel like it's a difficult ask for a club um, who's bombing along um, in their league and they have to come up against uh, top-end opposition like us who have gears to go through and um, players to throw at the wall if everything is going wrong. It's tough to know how they're going to go. They went with long Stacey Hanley, uh, Gibson McCallum, Fastnacht, Sarah, uh, McLean, Hernandez, Nunez and Ashley Barnes up top. I think um, some people may query, I, I know certainly the um, the commentary team um, and also I think the post-match crew of Ian Wright and Robbie Fowler were a little bit confused of why he took off Ashley Barnes when he did uh, but the subs that came on did well and Science in particular scored a worldie and have, was involved almost immediately afterwards these are a very solid looking squad that you wouldn't be surprised to be worrying Premier League uh, football again quite soon I would have thought so first of all your reaction to the Liverpool setup, and then was if there if and anything you want to mention about Norwich please do um, I wasn't too surprised at much of the Liverpool lineup. The only thing I was expecting is uh, Robertson to start, probably just because he was on the bench last time. So it, you know, suggested he was quite close. Um, so I thought maybe he would be in the lineup. Apart from that, all fine with the rest of it. McConnell, this is the deepest that I've seen him play. Actually, I've, I don't know if he's played there as the six too often for the for the twenty ones, but this was a. Uh, quite a nice change to see him sort of be able to get on the ball a little bit more space and time, perhaps. Um, thought he did all right. Um, my my only wondering at this point is like our fullbacks who again started the game here, Bradley and Gomez, have probably been our best players over the last sort of three matches or so, something like that. So now that the other two, the starting two, are back, I wonder how quickly he is tempted to change them or whether there'll be some kind of mini rotation to keep one of them at least in the lineup because it would be deserved, let's be honest. Um, for Norwich... <laughs> I kind of have a little bit of sympathy here because like you say, they need to be really good to get any chance of going through or at least getting a draw in the game. But even though they've not been tremendous this season, the championship is so stupidly tight again in that league that even though they're ninth, which doesn't sound superb, there's like five points between fifth and 12th in the, in the championship. So Norwich are only like two points outside the playoffs at the minute. So they probably do need to, let's say, keep more than one eye on their availability and their fitness and everything else of their their main players, their key players for that 
league and there are obviously many more games in that league as well than we play in the Premier League so uh, minutes and rotation and fatigue and all the rest of it is a big deal they play Coventry next who are sixth and in the promotion places at the minute so again I can understand the the changes that they did make Harry to give you a spin um, talking about both lineups as well I guess as 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 Carr says, it's, it's probably maybe not as as fascinating a chat as you might think to, to to consider that Liverpool went comparatively strong, with the exception of you know the obvious two uh, youngsters in there. But when you consider that Bradley was almost there by default, it's really only one p- uh, position that he's experimenting with, and the rest of it is just about squad rotation, getting minutes into legs. Uh, but it's still strong. It's still a strong-looking lineup. So I don't know how much there is to say about that. And th- I think the bench is strong by dint of the fact that we have people coming back from uh, being unavailable. That in and of itself is a wonderful thing. We did kind of need the introduction of it to really cement the deal later on today. Um, and just your take on Norwich in, in terms of what they offered. Uh, again, Ian Wright, Robbie Fowler, both very disappointed in what they saw from Norwich in terms of what they were offering in attack. Um and even the commentary team um, on, um, I was watching on Premier Sports, so I'm not really sure who the commentary team are there. But they were, um, again, sort of uh, lacking in too much enthusiasm because there wasn't a lot to be enthusiastic about in terms of positive Norwich play. They were clearly waiting to see if they could catch us with half the team upfield and, and, and counter-attack. Yeah, I think I think it's fair enough. I think I appreciate Carl's Carl's view on this and what do you really expect them to do? To be honest, with some of the absences, um, given the situation in the league at the moment for them, um, given the fact they've got Ashley Barnes up front, I mean, you're not really expecting them to do too much against a Liverpool side that's top of the league and flying. Um, even even a heavily rotated one um, and, and full of emotion as well. Right after the, yesterday's news, uh, I, I thought they were lively. I thought that, I thought they. I think uh, I'd be interested to see the running stats or, or something like that because I, I thought they applied themselves uh, throughout the entire game. I don't think you could necessarily say there was a lack of effort. I think the lack of quality at times in terms of their their passing um, and I think when, the least you need to do when you're playing against a Liverpool side that presses this well again is you know, ensure that your passing's you know, crisp and tight and there were far too many loose passes that um, in transition just really kill you I mean especially with the players that are out there for Liverpool today they looked hungry uh, the pressing was good and you just can't afford to cough up possession in the way in which they did but I thought there were some lively moments and I think there's, I think there's clearly some talent there amongst the squad but um, yeah I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be expecting uh, Norwich to to come to Anfield and to pull up any trees and it's been a while since I've spoken to uh, sort of the usual sort of Norwich uh, journalists or contacts I had on for Rival Recon uh, obviously but um, I think I still follow them and I still see the, their posts come up uh, on occasion they've been very unhappy <laughs> this season to be honest uh, for large stretches of of it um and so i think it's uh it's it's, it's a rebuild job um and um I, I i wasn't expecting too much more from them i don't think there's any great insight from the lineup um just you know, again nice to see i guess klopp's uh, was it klopp's best man on the touchline as well with him um which is you know always always fun uh in terms of the liverpool squad i think you're right you know in, in that we've got to this stage now where not a lot of questions not a lot of surprises there maybe the only real uh, interesting choice was that of McConnell in midfield. I think I think what is like more interesting, and yeah, you know, we're on that topic now, given this 
the context of transition and the context of you know where where Klopp is leaving us and sort of what he's leaving us with and yeah I have to say you you, you go through it and you got you got Connor Bradley 20 uh, Ibu Kanate 24 Kwanzaa 20 Gravenberg 21 McConnell 19 Jones 22 uh, I mean Josh is a bit older um, Darwin 24 uh, even Gakpo 24 that, that's <laughs> that's a young young group of players um, yes there's some senior figures in there who helped to balance things out we saw more of them come on uh, later on in the game but I just think it shows really that yes cup game against uh, you know lower league opposition but um, the way in which we've gotten used to seeing some of these players play quite regularly of late out of necessity yes but you know they've come in they've applied themselves well uh, I think you were talking about it Chev Kwanzaa we barely even you know acknowledge it from times in terms of sort of how this 20-year-old is just coming in and doing his best Van Dyke impression in terms of the composure. Um, yeah, I think it's just really, yeah, it's 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 a nice, exciting thing to see a, a team that we can put out that's this young and yet um, uh, applies itself um, in exactly the way you'd want it to. Can I ask you something? Because it just goes back to something you said earlier on. And it's relevant, and it's obviously the first game after the news, so therefore it's relevant. Yeah. I, it's not a topic... I have any interest in continuing with I think in as part of of, of, of post-match shows we like you say we jumped on we did our, sh- our, our chat and mm. Dave and Carl had done theirs earlier on in the day and you know it, it's a thing that you react to and that's what what the the atypical role was about you react to this news because it's uh, seismic but it's not a thing that we can carry throughout the season. Obviously, it's there as context all the time. You're not going to be yeah. not able to to refer to it. But I, I guess, you know, it, it, the reason I just wanted to bring it up quickly there is it's still quite raw with a lot of people. And um, it, 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 it does sort of affect how you perceive things for sure. And possibly depending on your uh, personality type, it's going to um, emphasize your pessimism or trigger your, uh, you know, <laughs> your, your, your uh, reactive optimism. So I suppose the thing about it is it doesn't really matter. And most people are going to end up upbeat if that is the result that we see on the pitch because we could be playing against very top level opposition today and you felt as if there were gears to go up there was football being played there that could pull apart any team it's it was encouraging i guess harry is what i'm saying and i thought there was a sort of um it didn't feel like we're in some sort of theatrical piece. It felt very much as we're continuing, there is a job very much to be done. That is absolutely the message from the from the players, every one of them that I've heard interviewed, uh, pre and post match. And, and that's like I said, that's very heartening because it feels as if everybody's on board now. This is the thing that's ahead of us. It's X amount. Nobody's changed. Jurgen hasn't lost any authority. The players don't want to play for money less. If anything, it seems to have lit a fire under them. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, uh, I mean, I sort of mentioned at the start that, you know, I think it's how we react to that wider context of, of Jürgen's departure is going to fluctuate throughout the season. Um, and I think I was, I was speaking to you, Trevor, about how, if anything, my concern is that 
the closer it gets to that crescendo um, that it's it, the emotion might become somewhat overwhelming. Um, but I think, yeah, the way in which they reacted today, I think is exactly the reaction that Klopp would have wanted to see. And, uh, you know, that context I mean, uh, at the end of a game like this, at the end of a performance like this, uh, you see him sitting there, you know, like you know, cl- clearly a sort of a grin of um, admiration at the, at the team and what they've done. And, um, yeah, I suppose you can sort of, yeah, like uh, on a on a day like today, you can you can sit there and go, well, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. You're gonna, <laughs> you're, you're you're leaving us in in a great place um, with a, I mean, that's a much changed team there, but uh, one that shows you all the promise that uh, exists amongst the squad that's there to be tapped into uh, by whoever comes next. And um, yeah, I mean, the more of these afternoons, the better, because the, this definitely does, you know. Uh, lean into his his perspective that you know it's not like Ferguson, it's not like Wenger. Yeah, I'm not leaving you in the lurch. I'm not being sacked because things have gone terribly. You know, I've I've built these foundations and I'm showing you these green shoots that are there um, for um, to, to, that will continue to grow uh, even after I'm gone. So yeah, I I, th- I think it's you know. Uh, a positive one. Uh, I, I, I know that this documentary is going to happen with Jurgen. Uh, I think for the final three games, apparently. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that personally, but uh, I mean, this would be a good episode, right? For uh, yeah, justifying his uh, his view of where the uh, where the club finds itself at the moment. Yeah, I'm fucking dreading that myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> fucking dreading it. Uh, what 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 a terrible terrible decision that was. Whoever made that call, absolutely brutal decision. Um, I'm I'm furious about it. Hopefully, um, we're ten points clear, Trevor. <laughs> it's literally the only way that that can be enjoyable is if everything that's cringy in it won't matter a damn. And like you say, the only the only measure on uh, of 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 um of all the things we're saying here is uh far more than a mile come of success come the end of the season so we keep our fingers crossed about that and Carl if we look at the first 21 minutes together you and I which brings us up to one all um it's comical how much um the game is being dominated by Liverpool Joe Gomez has a shot in four minutes because of course he does after great possession play by us led to a corner from which nothing accrued and then on seven another great bit of possession football ended with a Cody Gakpo half volley which is miles over the top Um, on ten Darwin intercepted a ball over on the left hand side he took on a shot just outside the box and curled it it smacks off the post having been hit from distance and things are up and bubbling and flying. Cody has another poor kind of shot cross thing when he cuts in from the left again on on 11 minutes um, and kind of curls it hopelessly nowhere. Uh, and then 13, a great ball in from Jota on the left-hand side and Darwin Nunes sliding at the back post can't quite get there. We are absolutely on top when on 15 minutes Curtis does put us ahead. Um, it's McConnell who over on the far side, on the right-hand side, steps in towards midfield a little bit and curls an in-swing ball with his left foot to the back post where Curtis is there to nod across the face and inside the far post it's the definition of simplicity, beautifully tucked away, great assist by the kid uh, just looks so mature and composed and poised uh, following up immediately afterwards we saw a great ball by the other kid on the team Bradley uh, on the right on 17 minutes um, McConnell comes in with a sliding tackle on 19 minutes and Anfield absolutely loves it he was doing a few of those and possibly got away with one or two studs up ones towards the end just before he went off uh, after um, it looked like cramp 
And then on 21 minutes from nowhere, Gibson puts them one all. where the first attempt they have on goal, the first real chance they have to attack, it is a corner. Um, when we weren't under tremendous pressure, the corner was conceded anyway, uh, and it comes in and it's met by what looked like a combination of his upper back and shoulder and sort of beats Ali because he's no idea where it's going to go. It just basically comes off him. I'm not saying he didn't intend to tr- throw himself towards the ball, but it did have that feel of, um, you know, massive fortune about it um in terms of those opening 20 minutes where we were so dominant uh, is there anything you want to pick out any person in particular you thought you were um looking at quite closely there or admiring or, or the opposite are you that person who has everything the coolest merch and those must-have fan threads well over at our anfield index shop we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your liverpool collection from our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Carl. <laughs> um, I think, first of all, up until that point, like dominance doesn't even come into it. You know, by the time they won the corner for the equaliser, like they hadn't had a shot at that point, not even like a a speculative blocked shot at that point. I think that that was their second corner of the game that they'd won. It was about the first meaningful attack where they got sort of three players into the final third. So it was like complete one-way traffic up until that point. And I mean, you can, if you really wanted to, and you wanted to damage your own brain a little bit, you could speculate about how we might have reacted to that, given the context of all around the match going into it, if we hadn't scored the opener. Like if that had just been their first attack and they scored the opener could have been a bit weird and a bit different you know but we completely obviously deserve to be in front anyway and I don't think that there was any semblance of not even panic but just like not even like that's not even a setback when Norwich scored to be honest we just carried on doing our thing and I think that that was the the most important and probably most impressive aspect not just of this part of the game but of what this team is right now like any setbacks we get in terms of conceding goals or missing chances we just keep doing things the same way And, you know, it feeds a little bit into what Klopp is saying in terms of the team's really set and there's so much potential and they know what they're doing anyway um, as to why we should have, you know, optimism for the future. Like you say, it doesn't have to be wanton and just assuming optimism, but reason for it. And when we see a team like this today, like if you'd have told anybody at all, like at some point this season, our back four is going to include Connor Bradley, Jarrell Kwanzaa and and Joe Gomez at left back. I'd probably be willing to bet they didn't even maybe know who Kwanzaa was unless they were, you know, a regular watcher of the youth teams, that sort of thing. That's how far this team has come. Like the people who are coming in, the kids who are coming in are not just good enough, but are so settled in the way that we play and the um, the build up fashions that we have, the connections and where they're supposed to run and when they're supposed to trigger press and everything. Everything is just so ingrained in these players. And when we do make quite a number of changes in the team, this is always my favorite thing to see. Who does the automatic runs? Who plays in the exact same way? Who doesn't 
obviously, uh, who who makes moves break down when they're done in the exact same way as always, but it's just somebody else instead of Trent making the pass or somebody else instead of Salah making the run, which players have not quite got on the wavelength to do all the repetitions. So first 20 minutes or so, McConnell really good at that. Bradley has been excellent at that recently, but again, very good in the opening period. Um, probably not going to pick out the ones who didn't, to be perfectly honest. We might as well just keep this one positive because it was, like we said, a really good day all around. Um, and Curtis Jones's goal it's just a really good thing to see every single time when we consider how many seasons we did go through wanting more from midfield and wanting to be, see those number eights get a bit more into the box and have a bit more impact and all the rest of it to see Jones now doing it with such regularity and that kind of goal exactly like that goal that he's just scored was very, very similar to let's say, was it Ajax he scored against a couple of seasons back? It's basically the same sort of goal, you know, running into the far post like that. And he's doing it over and over and over now with a lot more consistency and like I say, whoever is playing just knows who's going to be making the run, where it's going to be going to, and we're good enough technically to execute it. On that point of systems, um, let me ask you a question here, because uh, I remember back when, like, I, that's a really good point you make, by the way, if, if anyone had just floated that out that at this stage of the season, that would be the back four. Uh, if someone had mentioned that in August, I think there would have been, you know, the place would have been burning by the end of the conversation. That's how how trigger hair or hair trigger rather everybody's emotions seem to be at the moment. I I made some sort of throwaway comment there today and and, and the day before. I, don't do that on, on on Twitter if you're um if you're a gentle person if you're of of a gentle persuasion. Uh, mine today was just about about um uh, Gravenberg falling over a lot and then he had scored and I quote tweeted my own thing where I said he was falling over a lot and said oh. He's, and, and, and he does that then fantastic you know in other words we can all laugh at ourselves and it's nice to see uh, but I've got all these po-faced individuals coming out saying oh, he's just a kid I mean come on and it this kind of I don't know where they go or what their point is or where the how they're reacting but there they are that bundle are always there those people would have been the very first people who would have said Joe Gomez at left back is a terrible idea. Back when I was worried that I was going full galaxy brain when I was thinking it might be a good idea uh, immediately when Robbo went out. The lad has gone on to be excellent wherever. But here's what I wanted to talk to you about in a very roundabout way. I'm getting to it. What did you make of inverted Joe? Because he spent most of the game hanging around there as the nominal fullback who does that thing. It wasn't Bradley. Bradley played in a far more traditional way. I thought it was Joe who was floating about in the midfield area. Joe was the one, it appeared, who had that role. I mean, Joe did it from the right-hand side when Trent was out. So I guess it's a little bit more... I'm not going to say natural because it's definitely not natural, but at least he's had a, a few more games at it. He's had a bit more match practice at doing that exact tactical tweak, let's say. Um, and obviously playing from the left coming in field means he's naturally onto his right foot, which is a little bit more comfortable for Gomez again. Um, it probably would have made more sense to me in this particular game if Diaz had started, let's say, because he holds the width so much compared to the other forwards who play down the left-hand side. But at the same time, we were always likely to have so much control and so much possession that what we want there is that extra body. And I don't think that Gomez was so much doing the central midfield inversion so much as being the recycling 
person from that point of the pitch or that channel let's say because it was so high upfield because our dominance was so complete and extraordinarily consistent for most of that first half at the very least that did mean that he always had to be in that position anyway to to allow either the overlap or the runner into the box or just to be able to reset it and go back out to the right hand side then so kind of a natural role for him to pick up and again he is always going to close body and therefore be a little bit more central because he wants to be on his right foot but maybe also about 50 of his family members have now got 20 grand on him to score this season so he's probably for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I will hold my hands up and say that um there's i could feel my brain crunching as i was trying to discern the difference between what i was floating out is my theory and the way that you were explaining it it's not that i couldn't follow what you were saying it's just i would have thought they were the very traits of what the inverted fullback was about but i fully fully do understand what you're saying it's just uh the the complexity of the tactics as ever uh is best uh left to someone more nuanced like yourself and harry if we take it on from this point um it is quite interesting to see what happens and the rest of the half and we are only halfway less than halfway through it at that point when it's one all the rest of the half is quite interesting it is mostly uh the reds being very good but there's not a huge amount of incident let's just talk through what's left of that half and then you can flash back and um recap anything from the first period or any particular player you'd like to single out in terms of some attention or discussion because it doesn't stay 1-1 for long. I think it's six minutes afterwards where Darwin puts us 2-1 ahead. Um, and Bradley does fantastically, absolutely fantastically. He wins the ball over on his byline in our half with a kind of maneuver that was patented by uh, the now very controversial Jose Enrique back in the day, where he basically won the ball with the outside of his foot and turned away, kind of Thiago style, um, and back in field and charged forward, plays a fantastic one-two, takes the ball in the stride, feeds a beautiful ball into the path of Dar- Darwin Nunes, who controls and finishes touch and finish uh, just with absolute aplomb perfect expertise across the face of the keeper into the far corner it's delightful it is a lovely lovely goal absolutely instigated by um, what um, my mate Chris uh, from the Empire Podcast is calling the greatest living Northern Irishman fair play to him. I think that hashtag may last. Um, and uh, I, I do, I, I've, I've got nothing but time for that because he deserves all the praise in the world here. We'll come back, I'll let you come back to talk about the goal in a second. Just to finish out the half in terms of incident, Bradley's involved again on, on the half hour mark, a brilliant ball forward to him. I think it was by Gomez. He's at full stretch, Bradley, and he does brilliantly to uh, get a foot to it and angle it back towards Cody Gapu, who inexplicably misses in the central area. Uh, Gravenberg has a really tame effort in 31. Cody again in 37. He drags one wide on the swivel, uh, um, wide of the left-hand post low. Kwanzaa and Ibu are uh, knocking headers and volleys as they retreat on 39 minutes to each other. It was lovely to watch. Um, almost borderline taking the piss. Uh, then there was a header on target from a free kick and a cross comfortably, comfortably taken by Ali on 45 so they could register something by way of attack. And in the two minutes that were added, nothing occurred of note. 
So in terms of that first half assessment, maybe uh, you could focus your attention at some point on Cody Gakpo, because I think you'll get lost between the cracks otherwise in terms of what you thought of him. And I don't know if this is the time or you want to talk about Gravenberg later on in the wake of his goal. Maybe we should do that for all the delicate flowers out there who may feel that we're being mean. Yeah, no, I'll talk about Grav later. Um, I, I thought Gakpo, yeah, um, like kept just kept trying, just kept trying every, uh, for, for the whole of the game. Obviously, we talk about the first half here, um, you know, neat and tidy in places, trying to put things together, uh, lacking that real sort of uh, edge to his game that was going to result in either sort of a real vital pass or a um, uh, a goal for himself. Obviously, we've seen him be actually quite good with some of those swiveled finishes in the past uh, and yeah he clearly does strike a ball very well in terms of his sort of technique so yeah a little bit disappointing for him in terms of sort of things being slightly messy for him in that half but I thought in terms of application you couldn't really um, well I think you know, sometimes when you watch games with him he there, there can be a tendency that he goes missing a little bit not missing but I think it's just maybe what he's being asked to do in terms of the role and I, I thought today he was very visible I, I, I saw him a lot even if I thought that that uh, not everything was coming off for him uh, but uh, I, I think as we'll come to talk uh, talk about with Grav there's uh, what you want to see from these players especially at this stage while, whilst they're still really integrating into the side I know Cody's been here for longer it's just to keep just to keep plugging away uh, not shy away from the ball uh, if things aren't going your way. Um, like try and win it back if you lose it, or if things aren't as neat and tidy as you'd like. So I thought that was good. And yeah, that second half of the first half is a lot more dominance as we're used to. No real threat at all from from Norwich, Ibu uh, and Kwanzaa. Uh, that, yeah, you mentioned that, that nice little. Uh, interplay between them where I think it was just, just incredibly calm uh, uh, play heading the ball back to, to Ali in the end to Ibu give uh, Quanta a little bit of an applause uh, he's just again looks incredibly incredibly composed and on, on to another youngster I think uh, Bradley I, I, I share in your fan club I think it's he's it's been remarkable really in terms of his uh, his arrival into the team and just how well he's done uh, in so many aspects of his game since he's come into into the first team, uh, you know, I think the maybe it came as a shock to people who've never watched him play at all before. But the the t- tenacity of his game, uh, the way in which he's you know doesn't shirk a challenge at all, uh, is always in for it. Like uh, pressing well, uh, sensing the opportunity to win the ball back or be a bit more proactive, uh, a bit aggressive to push the ball and win it back uh, high up, which is of course wonderful for us in those in those counter attacking. Um, moments but for the goal itself he obviously wins the ball back quick one two uh nice little pass over to to Nunez and yeah you've got Ian Wright there on the in the stands you've got Robbie Fowler in the stands next to him as well uh and you know, both of whom have been asked to talk about Darwin uh this season uh and again every goal for Darwin is 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 always a positive thing and again I thought that neat and tidy finish passing it into the corner of the oh into the side netting uh maybe didn't have too much time to think about it which is you know can sometimes be good for him but i thought it actually was a good a you know a methodical good finish yes against lower league opposition but uh, every goal for him every ounce of confidence we can give to that guys is is going to be really important but i was looking at dan Kennett because he's a big member of the of the Connor Bradley fan club and I think he's saying that it's been what three and a half games for Bradley 51 duels 13 dribbles seven key passes three big chances created 
uh, two assists in that as well. Let me if if you saw those figures and saw Trent's name, you know, next to them as well, you would you wouldn't bat an eyelid. You think, yeah, that's yeah, that's what what that guy does. I think I think he's had a really impressive start to to life uh, in the Liverpool first team, um, of course, because we've needed him to. But uh, yeah, really really impressed by that guy, and think there's a there's a high future for him. All the best to this uh, Alexander Arnold bloke trying to get back yeah. in the team. Um, I don't like his chances. Imposter. Uh, <laughs> uh, we should have mentioned at some point, of course, that today's game was refereed by Sam Barrett um, with Mark Perry and Mark Stevens as their assistants. Pawson was the fourth official and um, Tim Robinson on VAR with uh, little Stuart, Stuart Little Atwell uh, on support VAR. Um, I, I, I have to say that over Overall, bar the um, usual example of good process lads when they should have given a penalty, it was pretty um, inoffensive. So that's why I haven't mentioned them. We'll just leave them to themselves. Of course, feel free if if you take umbrage at anything that I didn't. Carl, let's start the second half. You and I will go up as far as the hour mark where they make a couple of um, changes. Um, and if we have a look at ourselves, we come out unchanged. And within a minute or so, uh, Cody Gakpo's back having shots blocked um, from point blank range. And Darwin has a back post header uh, cleared. And this is all within, I think, two minutes of the second half by 48. Um, Sarah registered a long range, low rasping dig um, to put something in their stats column on 50 minutes great possession play by the Reds Curtis Jones curled his own heart, uh, um, powerfully hit shot wide of the top corner um, and this is where um, I was surprised um, apparently this did go to VAR there was not one but a double handball just in the lead up to the goal which um, is how the commentary team at least explained why um, there was not nothing made of it um, I, 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 my only problem with that is we always have to take their word for it and quite often they are fibbing uh, but we are 3-1 up on 52 minutes and it is Jota uh, he tried this again this exact shot three more times at least twice in the, uh, the closing period of the game and made a made a hopeless um, uh, bags of it but this was an absolutely gorgeous finish it was Curtis Jones who cut in deep in our half hit a speculative ball forward towards Jota who was making this run 1v1 with the centre half and when the centre half could only kind of do a dome bouncing header back towards his own goal as the ball bounced it's Jota unsurprisingly we saw what he did reacting to um, his, his shot the last day and hitting home the rebound he is the first to react to that ball and as it bounces he doesn't let it come up very high and he whacks a beautiful half volley across the face of goal and into the far corner it's just beautifully executed and at that point, we bring in um, some um, reinforcements in the form of Virgil van Dijk, Andy Robertson and Dominic Sibosley, which I think we can all agree is quite wonderful. But again, Kloppo isn't taking off the nippers. He's taking on, off Ibu, Curtis and Joe Gomez. Um, I would imagine that means Joe Gomez obviously will start against Chelsea. Um, Robbo not quite there yet, but lovely to see him back uh, in and at it. Lovely to see Dom uh, Sabozlai back involved. And obviously when you can bring on three substitutes of that calibre, you know things are looking reasonably well. Um, 
Gravenberg has a shot that probably worried the firmament on 58 minutes and then they make some changes on the hour mark with Sorensen, Mainz and um, Ida coming in for Hanley, Barnes and Hernandez. Just in terms of that opening 15 minutes or so, there's quite a bit went on there uh, and I do want to let you talk about the the shuffle and the changes and what Klopp did and why you think he did it. Um, I, I'm going to give you a, a very small and utterly irrelevant bit of trivia there first um but it tickled me when it happened so that treble substitution something that i've never seen before and actually uh is an odd one in terms of numbers three subs come on four captains came on uh, i've never seen three captains all subbed on at the same time before but virgil is obviously ours and netherlands and the robo is scotland's and dominic sobberslai is hungary's so there you go that's the strength of our bench today um can't really complain at Norwich losing when we can do that kind of thing, I suppose. Um, for the actual part of the, the match, I mean, we started quite well, but I thought that second half, um, it kind of looked like we'd come out to play a little bit. Uh, there was, you know, some nice little movements and some very confident footwork and the movement was really, really good. Uh, rasping, I think, is the right decision or descriptive word for the Sarah effort. I thought that one had buried in the bottom corner, to be honest. I thought that was uh, very, very in, but thankfully not. Um, and the only other thing I would, a little bit laughed at, I might be wrong. I think it was Gibson who made the header for Diogo Jota's goal. Um, and if so, I think it was the exact same shape that he threw for both headers, the one he scored and the one that he's teed up. <laughs> I might have got the wrong centre back for that one though. So if I have, I apologise to him. Um, but yeah, Jota's, Jota I thought was really, really good today. To be honest, his movement was just brilliant. He was all over from right, central, left channel. His one-touch movement was really good. His link play was good. Obviously, this was the best of his shots by quite a distance, but it just spoke to the confidence that he has. There was no letting it bounce or getting it on his right foot or trying to reshape his body or whatever. He just, just hit it back of the net. And he has been in really, really important form recently. Uh, again, with Salah out, with Gakpo not anywhere near the level that he's capable of it's important that a couple of other players stepped up and Jota definitely has Hi everyone, this month the channel is supporting a local charity based in Edinburgh called Steps to Hope Steps to Hope helps support people who are experiencing homelessness and addiction The founder of the charity, Richard Roncero is currently doing a Sleep Rough campaign where he's sleeping rough on the streets in 8 different cities for 8 weeks Please like, share and follow the Facebook page. And if you can, donate. Thank you. Oh, so good to see another game pass where we get a goal for Jota and a goal for Nunes and both of them wonderfully taken and the guys maintain this rhythm um, uh, you know we can talk all we like about how resilient both lads are psychologically and how they won't get their heads down they'll keep showing up but you really do um, have a limit to that type of thing if you're missing and missing and missing and it's just great to see uh, the two lads in the goals just when we need them um, and Harry to pick up where we left off there um, myself and Carl um, soon after the substitutions for Norwich we put some great pressure on uh, Darwin had a shot which was deflected over uh, for a corner from that corner on 62 minutes we go 4-1 up it's Virgil van Dijk uh, Dom Sabazai hits an outswinging ball 
Uh, Virgil makes a couple of uh, lateral movements, frees himself up in a bit of space and heads powerfully from quite some distance, actually. He's backing away uh, to get a little bit of space for himself. So it's probably about 10 yards of a header at least um, and bombs at home. It's absolutely beautiful. There's nothing quite like a Virgil van Dijk goal and um, all we'd like to do is see far more of them. But there are nights, you know, where he's just, I think it depends on the opposition. They just get it into their heads and they don't know what to do. And he just has that sort of capacity to win everything. Um, and that was a beautiful example of just that. So we're 4-1 up and the game is over at that point. Um on 64 minutes as if to just rub salt in the wounds we bring on Trent Alexander-Arnold to pull a few strings from midfield and Darwin Nunes has taken off and I think you know that's probably the right move either himself or Jota needed to be uh, hooked with the couple of big games we've got in the league coming up makes perfect sense to me Um, but ironically what happens is that we go um, uh, and concede now I don't know if there's any much blame to be apportioned here. It is science. He took the ball down quite well. I think it was Kwanzaa who sort of headed the ball up in the air in a defensive manner. Um, Science gets the ball first, takes it down, advances. And as he's advancing, there's like a one in a million shot, you know, where you can curl it around the defender and into the into the back of the net just inside the post and past the outstretched arms of Allison. And he does that. I, I, I feel very, very uh, churlish uh, being anything other than complimentary about the goal. Now, I may have missed something, so feel free to talk about that. Um, so we'll just pause it there, actually, because myself and Carl can take the last little run towards 5-2 to finish off, and then I'll come back to you for your final thoughts and then Carl's. Mm. So if you just um, if you just take that little chunk of the game, which saw us go 4-1 up, and then uh, in some, against the run of play to say the least uh, concede yeah Van Dijk scoring is always always fun to see uh, I think we've, we've talked about sort of the obviously the ability he has in the air and you, we, we all would like to see more more of those headers go in like, really powerful header well guided um, considering the cross is an outswinger I think that's Shabba Sly's first assist I think from a corner actually I've heard, I think I think I saw that uh, so yeah um, great you know just like put some more emphatic sort of exclamation point on the performance that you know the captain comes on um, to give the fans a bit of a treat for an FA Cup fourth round game and uh, scores a goal uh, really really just cement our control over that that game if it's not you know clear by that point which I think it was already and Trent coming on another lift like I was mentioning you know just like your mind starts to drift back to <laughs> this broader context we keep talking about and yeah good to see him back on you know we were all quite upset when he when he did uh, go down with an injury and we knew we were going to miss him for a few games because he was in phenomenal form so it's yeah great to have him back especially ahead of this this run where we want to you know make it even more emphatic that we are the league leaders and uh, we have you know more reinforcements coming back and if you thought we were tough to deal with in this period whilst we've been playing without 10 players or whatever uh, we're going to be even tougher to play uh, once we get you know once we have so many of them back so yeah great to see him uh, back on the pitch and the, the signs go I, yeah I, I think wasn't too uh, upset by that I think we, we've seen in the past Van Dyke backing off in those situations because nine times out of ten you do back uh, Allison to 
to save shots from distance like that. It, it needs to be something uh, quite special uh, to to beat him. When I looked at it on the replay, I thought, is, is that is that is that special enough? You know, to uh, to beat the likes of Allison. Um, I was maybe talking about how high it was, but he was hit hit hard around the defender. Um, maybe caught him a little bit off guard. And yeah, if we're going to concede that goal, if, if we're going to see Allison concede a goal from long distance, I'm happy for it to be in garbage time uh, against uh, Norwich in the cup when the game is already you know, quite clearly won. So um, yeah, yeah, Sainz gets his wonder goal <laughs> or whatever at, uh, uh, at Anfield. He beats Allison. Uh, but I mean, I'm glad it just happened here instead of in the league um, in a, in a game that, or in a situation that really mattered. So not too bothered by that. I didn't see anything but particularly. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's stuff we could have done better to uh, to close him down. But it's yeah. So sometimes you have to just applaud the the quality of the strike. I think in in that situation. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I, I thought it was a. By that stage, you, you can see that we've, we've got complete control of the game. If we ever lost it for any moments, anyway, in the game, uh, and with those players, the returning players on the pitch, everybody wanted to get a touch of the ball, um, you know, pass it around, try different things. Everybody quite clearly having a lot of fun, which I think is always good to watch a team uh, having fun with their football. Uh, you know, I also like enjoy watching teams having no fun with their football. That's why I <laughs> occasionally check out Man United just to see what that looks like. <laughs> a, a Come on, Newport! A gang of lads who just, just hate playing together most of the time, it looks like. Um, these guys love playing together, so it's uh, yeah, just a nice knockabout. A nice knockabout is right. And yeah, of course, when it comes to concession of goals, context is everything. Uh, Harry, I'll be back to you to get your kind of um, uh, wrap-up thoughts in a sec. And and Carl, why don't we take a run towards the end of the game here? Uh, Bradley was raiding again in 70 minutes. And at that point, I've just had to note down that this guy is absolutely fantastic. Um, just genuinely wonderful attitude. And um, it's, not, it's not just about being a game lad. He has ability by uh, the bag full as well. Jada headed a tough... Um, opportunity wide off a Trent ball in on 74 Uh, Trent starting to swan about in the midfield area and pull a few strings on 77 uh, Luis Diaz comes on from McConnell uh, who had been down to be fair with what looked like cramp just beforehand on 78 Jota then Gravenberch then Jota again had uh, two shots saved and then blocked respectively and um, they bring on Gibbs and uh, Janoulis I think for Fasnick and McCallum and on 87 minutes, Dom Sabozai cut in from the right on his left foot, uh, has a dig, keeper gets down to save it. Uh, Trent has a long range hit parried on 88 minutes and Jota has the first of those similar attempts to hit the half volley uh, on his left foot and skies it. One minute later, exactly the same thing happens again. Jota's in exactly the same position. The ball bounces, he hits it, and again, he skies it. Uh, Five minutes are added, and the only thing of note really that happens in those five minutes is that we get a fifth goal. Um, Jota does put in a cross to Cody Central, but he was kind of smothered on 91. And then right to death, I think it might have gone into the 96th minute, uh, we do go 5-2 up. And it is Gravenberg who, you know, like I just keep wanting him to just turn into this thing that he seems to have uh, in his locker. But he just was constantly being, if not monstered, 
at full stretch in a way that I think anyone who's ever played the game at any level will understand when you're not quite at it and you're trying your best to get to the level everybody else is around you you're constantly a bit short when it comes to tackles um, you're a bit hurried when it comes to your passing and stuff like that and we can see the ability in this kid um, and we shouldn't have to keep pointing out that we can see the ability in the kid we'd like to see him perhaps uh, I would at least use the patently obvious physicality that he has to not be always second when it comes to um, uh, jewels and that's what it appears to be this is eye test stuff some stats guys may come and make a liar out of me I'm just saying what I can see during the game it was a little bit frustrating but just delighted for the fella that right at the death and of course it's kind of you know every all eyes are on him then at the end and it's what people remember it's your last impression so fair play and I, I'm hoping this has a very um, galvanizing effect because Diaz was brilliant. One of those little pieces of um, uh, little backflick control uh, drives in from the left-hand side, pings the ball across where, where Bradley is waiting yet again um, to provide the assist, a kind of a volleyed cross, uh, pings it right into the mixer. And there is Gravenberg uh, to meet it at the back post with a header. Um you got to say, the, 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 the cross is driven into the deck by Bradley and it hops up and, and Gravenberg it does brilliantly to meet it there and, and, and finish and get his, get his head on target. It's 5-2, which I think, Carl, to be fair, is a far more accurate reflection of how the game went scoreline-wise. Um, we saw Kloppo rubbing, lovingly rubbing um, his pal's beard there at the end uh, in consolation. But, you know, I mean, he, he, the Norwich gaffer could not be anything other than holding his hands up and saying yeah we were actually played off the park today 5-2 I think did us justice that last part of the game Carl what do you want to mention about it um, I think something I've mentioned before but it's just really I'm sorry I'm trying not to fucking laugh at United have just conceded again against Newport so it's 2-2 there now so. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love this uh, you shouldn't yeah. try not to laugh can't I should <laughs> yeah, no, never mind um, we can't we can't all go through it the first time of asking but anyway here we go um, the thing that I really like about this team when we are winning and when we're winning comfortably games is that Late on in matches, we just seem to do like the same thing. Like obviously, sometimes you've got to know when to manage the game and keep hold of the ball and you know play nicely and keep possession and just you know bide your time and even run down the game, even if it's a bit boring. But sometimes we just keep doing the same thing in terms of attacking and the same patterns. And you know, in a game like this where it's cup or you've got certain players in the team who haven't been recently or you know people come back from injury like today, that sort of thing, it's really good to just see us keep going and keep going and keep going and keep attacking. Like we could have scored three, four in the last 15 minutes of the game, probably like with a bit better finish or a bit more fortune or slightly more incisive pass, like really, really good, clear opportunities. We still could have scored enough in that period of the match to win another game if we needed to. Um, I mean, with Gravenberg, what you mentioned, I know, I know what you're saying and I, I do kind of agree, but I actually find it more frustrating in Cody Gakpo than in Gravenberg because I kind of feel like Gravenberg, <laughs> He doesn't do it all the time in the in the duels. I, I agree with what you're saying, but he also has a very different style of trying to do the duels to some of our players. Like he doesn't directly go into them. A lot of the time, I find that he's trying to sort of turn out of them, if you know what I mean, turn away with the ball before he's made the challenge. Also, whereas I find with Cody Gakpo, for example, he just doesn't make the challenge whatsoever, and that's what frustrates me a little bit more. So hopefully, with Gravenberger does come, and you know, there's there's certainly enough technical ability there to 
suggest that when he puts it together and a few more tactical improvements are made with his game that you know there's a really really good player there for us um so i'm I'm at the minute still willing to give him quite a significant amount of of rope especially given the lack of game time that he's had over the last sort of 18 months really um but for that reason i think it was good to leave him on the pitch i'll be honest i got a little bit carried away with myself was it granberg who was at the far post for that whole sort of near goal that we had sort of a mix up with Jota having a shot and the keeper making a save and then I think it was Grandpa. Yeah, he's the second effort there. Yeah, yeah. he's the second effort. There. I nearly lost my head there. I thought that was Joe Gomez from two yards out. So I thought <laughs> that been, I forgot he'd been subbed like half an hour early. Sort of thing. So there was a, that little bit for me there. Um, Bradley right wing was an interesting little wrinkle in the in the latter part of the game, obviously, um, but he'd been stationed more or less there anyway. So again, good for him to get significant end product with two assists could have been more um but yeah just a, a very very pleasing all-round finish to the game in terms of the performance the tempo getting the injured players back onto the pitch everybody really positive about where the ball goes diaz looking really sharp like you say a good few touches so i don't think really we could have many complaints at all from today for sure um if there's anything left wrap up boys you want to mention some stats anything else we'll come back to you for that and various plugs for what will be no doubt a busy week ahead for you and harry i'll do exactly that with yourself now um just your closing thoughts on the game overall anyone you want to single out uh anything you want to mention and do let us know what's coming up from you during the week lots of encouraging performances really so but i think uh, curtis jones i think the way in which he's He's grown uh, into a, well, I'd say, like you know, one of the first names on the team sheet now, uh, and the way in which you can see the trust everybody has for him. Also, I think it's just a wonderful example to people like Bradley, to people like McCollum, that they can look at him and see, you know, it's been tough. He's worked, he's, he's had to work at it, but he's gotten into the position where he's now regular and um, essential to sort of how we play at the moment. And I think it's not just the academy, I think it's going to be really important for people like Grav, who we were just talking about, who, given the age, right? You look at these, uh, he can look at Curtis. I know they've like, done some work together. Cody as well, clearly a good relationship there. The way in which he's thriving, I see some quotes from Klopp afterwards uh, if, if Curtis Jones can learn defending then anybody can learn defending uh, he's in a great moment super important <laughs> great player but also huge role model there you go for the for the academy boys so I think yeah, it's clearly not been all smooth sailing for Curtis in terms of him like figuring out what he needed to do to get into this position where he is now like you look at it and think well we're so much better with Curtis Jones on the pitch uh, but is a good example, right? Uh, that, that anybody can achieve it, uh, and you know, we just talk about Grav, and there's loads of physical, like raw talent there to work with. So if we can just get him uh, settled and comfortable and understanding what he has to do, um, and, the, and the fact that if he does it, he'll be in the team every every week. If he if he can pull it off, I think that's going to be an exciting development to watch and yeah some more stuff i mean they say like four out of the five goals obviously set up by academy players today which is which is lovely uh nice reception for robbo coming back from a long a long layoff as well and uh i just saw some stuff from Klopp really here at the end of the game where he's he's talking about the atmosphere and how it really gave everything he wanted um, him to see and um, saying, I mean, you could, you could see actually as he was walking off, he was getting a little bit, uh, he was getting a bit misty, and he said it's emotional, but I have to pull myself together. I received all of those messages. Obviously, I'm not made of wood. 
uh, I told people to stop singing my song in games. And so it's good that they obviously stopped listening to me already. And we mentioned uh, 60 seconds into the game and that song came out. So, uh, yeah, just, just, just a real feel good performance, I, I think. And, choosing to take all the positives out of it because there were, there were so many uh, and yeah it just fills you with great confidence for the games to come and there's two biggies obviously so there'll be uh, yeah rivalry cons from me for both of those games and recording the the Chelsea one actually shortly after we speak here uh, so that'll be out soon uh, for the game on Wednesday and then there will also be uh, a rivalry con ahead of that trip to the Emirates next Sunday as well as, as listeners will know an important fixture uh, for the club, but more importantly for myself and my family. Um, so yeah, really need the Reds to to do the job there. <laughs> yeah, no pressure, lads. Just don't, <laughs> don't let Harry down, for Christ's sake. Uh, excellent. Uh, we will look forward to hearing um, uh, stuff from you as per usual, Harry and Carl. Just to finish the show with yourself, then any last thoughts and point us in the direction of where we can get our match it on during the week. Uh, I'll go in reverse order, just for a bit of fun. Um, I will have, a, obviously, the scouted with Dave and Guy. I think we'll probably try and do that tomorrow if we're all available uh, for the Chelsea game in midweek. Uh, I will then be at Arsenal there at the weekend, so we'll have another scouted for that, obviously, and some raw action, I think. One of us is on that, at least in midweek. Um, written stuff, there'll be Liverpool-Chelsea stuff in the build-up, and hopefully a Gerald concert piece coming as well. Um, for the match stuff, I got I got a couple of stats obviously uh, I'll just rattle through the best of them actually, but uh, we've we've mentioned before in games we've had every single outfield starter either shooting or setting up a shooting chance during the match we came quite close to that today just the centre backs were were lacking in that regard Kwanzaa and Kanate everybody else either took up a shot either took a shot or set up a shooting chance uh, for everybody else king king of those was uh, Jota's seven shots taken obviously. Uh, so was like made four key passes despite only coming on just before the hour mark set pieces obviously playing a part there um, one fairly noteworthy thing I was going to ask you both about it but you know if there's not much time fair enough Kwanzaa turns um, well, has his birthday tomorrow what does he turn is it 20 21 I can't even remember um, today was his 17th match right and obviously they've all come this season so I was just thinking in terms of the parallels and I'll build on this for the article that I've just mentioned that I'll write but a couple of seasons ago we had Reese Williams who was obviously thrown in in a similar sort of situation because of injuries and availability and all the rest of it mm. he played 19 games for us that season so just you know to sort of compare what we think of performance levels suitability for the future the ability for this team that kind of thing i i mean it's very easy to be revisionist about one player who's not doing so well at the minute and you know recency bias for the guy who is doing well but i think yeah you know stylistically quants is obviously a really really good fit for liverpool reese williams probably was as well but tactically i think quants is miles ahead pace wise and agility wise he is miles ahead there's no doubt about yeah. that so just what a little comparison maybe from from harry even over how you figure those two young defenders did and are doing now and for the future as well i'd agree carl yeah i think um it's interesting compared i, mean, I think i think the composure i don't remember reese williams ever looking this composed however reese williams was very often playing next to um darth's yes. son um so like he, he didn't really have i think we, we do have to acknowledge the benefit that uh kwanzaa has had largely playing next to either ibu or 
uh, Virgil, um, I think, I think, right. So yeah, yeah, it's, sure. uh, it, that, that's, that's nice. I'd like to play next to Virgil. Um, I wouldn't look as good, but <laughs> I think I'd still, I'd still probably <laughs> should give it my best go. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's just a, te- it just, just shows you, right. Sliding doors moment. You know, if Reese Williams comes into a squad where yes, he needs to play because there's injuries, or whatever, but he plays next to Virgil or Ibu for an extended period of time, does his career go in a slightly different um, direction? But yeah, it's an interesting one. And final one for me, their goalkeeper, um, who obviously made quite a few good saves, George Long. He was quite a highly regarded keeper back in the day, obviously when he was a you know a young stopper, and there are not loads of English goalkeepers coming through. So I remember watching him. Um, right back at the beginning of his career with Sheffield United. So I had a quick look. He was part of the England squad at the um, 2013 Under-20 World Cup. So you just get one guess each. There were two Liverpool players in that squad. So it was in 2013. So if either of you can have a guess and see if you can pick which Liverpool players were there with him. Oh, the youth squad, he said. Yeah, Under-20 World Cup in 2013. So they were all uh, 20 years of age. Really. Gomez. No. Are they still are they still amongst the Liverpool squad? Very definitely not. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay, okay. So this is a, a under twenty World Cup, which was eleven years ago. So they were nineteen and twenty years old then. Right. Oh, then. Okay, right. That makes sense. Uh, uh, so twenty-nine year olds ex Liverpool. Who's the who's the guy who was labelled as the next Sterling, but it never really happened for him? Went to Bournemouth and then had some issues. Yeah, uh, who, yeah, Jordan Nye. Was was he one of them? No, he wasn't. Ah, okay. I think this might have been. What, what was the squad around them of the most notable names included uh, Harry Kane, John Stones. Was it, La, was it Lalana, Carl? No, Lalana's not there. No. Too old. Uh, um, hmm, young. These are, these are actually two players who came through Liverpool's youth system. Oh, I've misunderstood. Uh, go on, put us over misery. Yeah. John Flanagan and Connor Cody. Good Lord. Wow. Good Lord. They True. Were the most successful members of that team in the end. No. Yeah. <laughs> it is quite. It is quite lovely to think about how far things have come on. Um. Uh. Without with the best one in the world and with with all the, the uh, uh you know comparative respect uh, you know applied to the names you mentioned there, it is quite interesting to see how far things have moved on and how good. The future looks under um the last few months of Jurgen Klopp and whoever the hell takes over and. You should be making it your business to listen to whatever Carl Match is doing, whatever Harry Seth is doing during the week. Um, the lads have given you um, a nod there as to where to go. Um, you should also be excited about the fact that it is actually Newport who are still attacking a two-all uh, against Manchester United. These are all wonderful things. Uh, as the lads mentioned, there will be lots coming up from the channel um, and specifically for Raw. Uh, in the next one, Guy is doing me the service and courtesy of stepping in. He'll be alongside Dave and Carl for the Chelsea game. They'll be back in situ for Arsenal. And we don't have our schedule and roster done for that yet, so I can't tell you any more about it. But on a good day and a very good omen and a very good beginning to the beginning of the end of the Klopp or Rain, everything remains possible. The Reds march on. From Carl, from Harry, from producer Guy and myself, Trev Downey. Mind yourselves. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. 
There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.